What is going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. I'm Howard Bender. Adam Ronis here as well, of course. What's going on, Ronis? How are you today? Doing well. Um, you know, in the middle of uh, two slow drafts, getting ready for a couple real drafts. So, yeah, it's time. Uh, baseball, even with everything that's going on, we're still drafting. Even with everything that's going on. I mean, let me ask you a question. How, how comfortable do you feel that we are going to have a season? I think we will. I just have no idea if it's going to be, you know, miss two weeks, miss a month, miss two months. But I think we have a season. I can't imagine that they don't play this entire season. I would be stunned. As bleak as things have been at certain points, I would be stunned if there's absolutely no season. Yeah, I would be as well. And, you know, whatever, 150 games, 140 games. You know, whatever we, we, we you know, we, we talk about how long and grueling the, the baseball season is. So, you know, I mean, listen, obviously I want the full season and I want the players to get paid. It's so funny, man. You like you, you turn around and you say something like I said yesterday, you know, about, you know, players just need to fucking accept the fact that they're they're not going to win this fight. And uh, and they're going to have to give in, you know, digging your heels in is only going to cost them more money. Uh, in the end, and you know, you say that, and everybody's like, "Oh, you're anti-player. You're such a fucking scumbag." Blah blah blah. I mean, you know, it's like, no, sorry, that wasn't my take. My take was, if we are going to have a season, the players going to have to be the ones uh, kind of give it in a little bit too much, and you know, just everybody, you know, hates on on that aspect. But it's uh, it's true. I think you know what? I think a day off from negotiating right now after the whirlwind that they did, I think that this is actually a good idea. We're here recording on Wednesday, and uh, and I think they they decided that they were going to just reconvene on Thursday. MLBPA was like, oh, yeah, we're ready to come back to the tables here on Wednesday. You know, just, you know let cooler heads prevail. Let's put the egos in check and, you know, let's, let's, you know, get back to it then. But I'm with you, dude. I think there is a season. I'm not stopping with the best balls and I'm not stopping with the uh you know with the slow drafts. I I'm 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 in for this baseball season and come hell or high water, man, I'll have it. I will have it. Yeah, I think the only thing is like the high dollar leagues or you might want to push back a little bit. I know the NFBC has pushed back their New York main events um mm-hmm. to at least uh April 1st, April 2nd. Uh they've left Vegas for now, um, obviously, pending what happens in the next week or so. And you know what? If you're playing a high stakes game, you should wait. You should do it. I'm not, you know, the the the, the drafts that I'm doing here. Um, you know, I mean, listen, the Raz Slam. There's no money involved here. It's just, you know, it's a best ball draft. There, the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. That's for charity, right? We're we're doing that. Um, you know, these best balls that I'm doing, uh, you know, I'm doing the um, BB10s with Colby Conway. Um, and that's, uh, you know, we're uh, we're going to be doing There's going to be a Thursday night live stream, Thursday night live stream. So you should always check with uh, Colby at Colby R. Conway on Twitter uh, and see if there's any last minute room in that one. We're going to live stream it tomorrow night, Thursday night. Uh, so you can get it. But it's ten dollars, right? It's ten bucks. You got people who are just, you know, just pissing on money left and right so what's 10 bucks gonna really do for you in the grand scheme of things 
throw it in on some best ball. You know, it's twenty dollars for um for the draft master the uh, draft masters the um the best ball championships on RT Sports, and I'm doing those. I'm willing to make this investment, and you know, listen, I'm I'm perfectly happy uh, doing this because I do believe that there will be a season. I, I you know, and, and I'm I'm pushing for it, man. I'm definitely pushing for it, and because uh, I'll tell you what, I. I don't want to be fucking scrambling around for drafts and articles and prep and all that shit. Like when they do announce, when, when they do come to a deal, shit's going to move real, real fast. Oh, it's going to be nuts. Cause you're going to have all these free agents getting signed some trades. It's just going to be like insane. Uh, and it's a lot of things are going to change. So at least if you're prepared now and you have the basis of the player pool down, you know, looking at strategy, uh, it'll be easier just to incorporate the changes where if you just put everything off and you're trying to catch up, you're going to be way behind and your league mates are just going to wipe the floor with you. Yeah. See, this is this is kind of where mock drafting actually like I wish it could make a little bit of a comeback because you do you you know, you you do draft a little bit differently when you're talking about a best ball draft versus a season long draft where you're going to have waivers. They are different strategies. But, you know, so when you're doing a best ball draft, I mean, you know, I, I think, again, I agree with you, a statement that you said yesterday, you just reiterated, it's learning the player pool. It's knowing who the players are and, and tracking the depth of each position in, in draft format. I think that's really, you know, what's most important there. If we were mock drafting again, then you could do, you know, as many as you want. You wouldn't have to worry about putting in some, uh, you know, some some money. You were just kind of doing it to learn the player pool and you know, have a little bit of fun, check in on some of the ADP, try some weird strategies and shit like that. You could still do it now, but you know, you do it in a best ball format. Um, and you know, again, I just, uh, I'm in dude. I'm in, I am. I just want it to happen for crying out loud. (laughs) Oh shit. So you know, I was talking to uh, to Jim Bowden on the Fantasy Alarm Show, Adam, and, you know, we were talking about, you know, obviously, you know, building a show around a sport that's in a lockout can be a little bit cumbersome at times, you know, because there's really there's no real news and we haven't seen these guys in spring training. But, you know, one of the things that we did on on yesterday's show, on uh, on Tuesday's show, sorry, on Tuesday's show, we did, you know, people could call in and pitch their favorite breakout players and win a spot in the, uh, in the best ball draft with me and Jim. And it was a lot of fun. We did it, you know, there was some, some really interesting players that people were throwing down. I mean, like people were taking deep dives. Like this wasn't like, ah, oh, yeah, man, I think you should uh, draft Bry- Bryce Harper. He's going to have a huge season this year. Right. It wasn't that like people were digging deep. So today we were doing uh, you know, something similar here on Wednesday show. We were talking about second year players. Um, and I'm curious, like, you know, Obviously, it's always a case by case basis, but like, are you are you more or less inclined to to be hyped up on rookies? Are you somebody who are you like Lenny Melnick, like a rookie is a rookie is a rookie is a rookie, or do you kind of get sucked in sometimes when it's a player you really dig? Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna just completely stay away. We've seen some rookies have major impacts, and you know, I know when you look at the the totality of it, you could say, well, if you've avoided rookies most of the time, you know, you're, you do well, well, you're also missing really potential big breakouts. So, um, it really depends on the draft price. I mean, uh, I, I took Bobby Witt jr. In TGFBI. It was not part of the plan. 
but he fell um, to the eighth round, um, well below his ADP. So I said, you know what? Based on what I have so far, I feel like I have good stability, and I'm going to take a shot. This guy could come up and go 2020, and this is an overall. So uh, there's a situation where I took Bobby Witt Jr. in the eighth round where he hasn't even played a game in the majors yet. Adam, that's so cute. I took Bobby Witt Jr. in my TGFBI draft. Oh, really? What round? I took him in the sixth. Yeah, right that's, where he, that's where he's been going. So, like, yeah. I was looking, and he kept falling and falling, and I looked at what was on the board. I go, all right, I could take another pitcher. I thought about Anthony Rendon. Third base is thin. You know, he did burn me last year, but, again, you can't hold that against him. And when he's healthy, he's good. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to go for the potential – Ceiling. I mean, he was obviously great at two levels in the minor leagues last year. So I would, I think he's going to be up at some point. I probably pretty early would think, I mean, what more does he have to fucking do in the minors? So I said, all right, I'm going to take the shot here. Um, Cause I, I looked round seven. I knew I was going with a pitcher and I said, all right, if Bobby Witt makes it back in the eighth, you know, four picks after me, cause I'm picking 13, mm-hmm. I'm probably going to take him. And he made it back. So I took him. Yeah. 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 Um, it's so funny because I was sitting there, you know, for me, again, I have all this power and I, you know, I've got one guy who maybe will steal me 20 bags in, in a Rosarina. I'm like, I need speed and I need power and uh, I need speed and I need starting pitching. And I was looking through it and I was like, yeah, you know, Luis Castillo is on the, Ooh, Hey, what Bobby Witt is available. And that's where he's kind of going right now. And, and there has been, there's been a large run on middle infielders from the time I took Eloy Jimenez. There was like a mad run of uh, five second baseman off the board. And then uh, another two shortstops came off the board in uh, in Polanco and Seager before me. And I was like, I'm looking at Bobby Witt right now and he could steal some bags. And, you know, is there a pitcher who I really, you know, you know, really like, you know, in, in the, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, Luis Castillo is somebody who maybe I was thinking about, but I was like, fuck it, man. I'm just going to grab me some Bobby Witt Jr. and be happy with that. And then, you know, coming back to the next, uh, the next round, Alec Manoa was still there. So I was like, all right, well, there you go. I got another yeah, picture here. That was the guy that I was going to take. It was him or Bobby Witt. And I, I went with Witt. Oh, I got them both, man. I got Witt and Manoa. <laughs> I'm a winner. Yeah, it's over. <laughs> it is. This very well could be over. This really could be over. I, if all my guys have career years, Adam, if they all have career years, there's no there's no chance anybody's going to beat me. And they all play 156 games. Oh, for now. you know, I was I was just I was like I was hoping for like 150. But yeah, 156 would be fantastic. Too. I mean, for now, two series canceled. So. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Look at you. Look at you. <laughs> now the question is, I got to figure out what the hell I want to do coming back because Rendon is on the board. Although I think that Rendon's going to come off uh, with one of the next three picks because none of those guys have third baseman at all. But um, it just it doesn't fit the mold that I need right now. Like I, I need this, the the pitching and the stolen bases. I need it more. I hate leaving guys on the table who I really like, but because of, but you know, when you have a need, <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. 
We'll see. Yeah, it we'll all see. depends on the way you build your team. That happens to me sometimes, and I explain that to people too because they're like, "Oh, you were really high on this player. Why are you passing him?" I'm like, "Well, he didn't fit the build." Yeah, that's that's where my concern is. That is definitely where my concern is. I like, but see, I like a bunch of pitchers who, you know, I mean, listen, I know that this is the great fantasy baseball invitational. And I know that we always talk about, you know, like rankings and stuff like that, like on the site and how you shouldn't go by the rankings that are on the site. You should build your own. So, but I look at, you know, like this chunk of pitching that I like starting pitching and it's like much further down on the site's default ranking. So I'm like wondering, you know, with the people who I'm in this against, you know, who's going, you know, who who's using these, uh, these default rankings. Cause you know, people are. No oh doubt. yeah. I've always said it. It's, it's what's in front of your eyes and it's a mental thing for some people like, wow, wait, this guy's that high. How can I pass on him? And you'll see it. You just take a draft board from RT sports and FPC and another site. You'll see it's way different. And a lot of it is because people are influenced by the default rankings. I try not to, but at the same time, if I am, you know, and it, and it can be difficult because I'm used to drafting in the NFPC format. That's why I do my draft champions. And then, you know, you go to RT sports and it's way different. It's like, okay, damn, um, this guy goes way earlier, but he's buried here. So could I wait? I think that I can't remember what play there was obviously a lot last year. I think Ramon Laureano was one of them in the past where he was way lower. So I was like, all right, you, you play chicken. You're like, all right, well, he's buried there. But what if there's one person or two people who have also drafted in the NFPC or are high on that player like me? So it's always difficult because you're like, well, he's down in the queue. I, do I really need to pull him up here? <laughs> yeah. It's so tough, man. It's so tough because you are trying to read, you know, and a lot of times you don't know the competition, you know, especially if you're doing like a public league. So, yeah, it's difficult um, sometimes. and. Other times I'm like, you know what? I'll try and wait a little bit. But if I have that player ranked high and I believe in them, fuck it. I'm just going to take them. Yeah. You know, I kind of feel like that's what I'm going to end up doing. Um, I, you know, I mean, it's a tough call. I mean, it's so funny too. Like there's, there's one guy who I know who's in here. Um, and I think I'm drafting next to him, but then there's another one, Ariel Cohen, uh, shout out to Ariel Cohen. Who's a, an avid listener of the, any up podcast. I love Ariel Cohen. Um, one of the nicest dudes I've met. And let's face it, his uh, his projection system uh, and work is uh, is above reproach in my eyes. So shout yeah, out to I, Ariel. I got to play softball with him last year. He was he wearing his Pittsburgh Pirates jersey? He was not. He was wearing whatever the team jersey was. I forget the team name. But yeah, he asked me to come out and play. I'm like, sure. And uh, played well. And uh, I will be also drafting against him on Saturday in labor. So, uh, oh, he had a, shit. yeah, he had a good year last year. Uh, he didn't win. I think he finished in the top three. So uh, I know uh, he'll be one of my top competitors. No doubt. Well, he just said to me, he's like a friend of mine is drafting next to you in um, in TGFBI. So. So the competition is good. I just don't know if I should leave this guy. I tell you, I tell you, right? You know, two catcher league and Wilson Contreras is still sitting there. Or do I throw away the position? Anthony Rendon is high up on the rankings. And a lot of these guys that I like are kind of pushed down a little bit. It's very, uh, it's, it's very upsetting stuff for me, Adam. It, you know, it's one of the, uh, one of the, the hazards here of the, uh, of the, of the industry. Oh yeah, no, it's it's challenging, man. You're always you, trying to figure it out. 
Have you taken a catcher yet? Uh, no, I'm in round eight. No, I haven't taken a catcher. That's what I figured. See, yeah, there you go. Listen, I want to know. I want to know. I think that it's uh, it's important to uh, give everybody that information. So let's let's do. So how many picks now have you made since we talked yesterday? Two. Two. Yeah. All right, run it down. Well, we know one of them is Bobby Witt Jr. Yeah, the other one was you, Darvish, my second oh. pitcher. You don't sound happy about that. No, I'm fine. I, that was the plan. I risked it. I said, all right, if I pass on pitching around six, because I thought about Jose Barrios, but I really liked Cattell Marte there. And I said, oh, I'm going to pass. And my hope was that Darvish would be one of the pitchers that made it back. And he did. So I was happy to get him. I think he'll bounce back. He obviously had a great first half last year, then struggled. But uh, I think he he's in a bounce back spot. It was a guy going much earlier last year, and I'll take him as my SP2. Well, you Darvish had just gone off the board in my league as well, round eight. Um, and then with uh, the very next pick, the guy took Anthony Rendon. So that ends that uh, that that big debate that I had where I should go. Um, although I'm still debating here. I'm still debating. Um, I don't know. I think I just I think I've only made two picks since last we left off. Also, right, Bob? Yeah. Eloy Jimenez was the, was the last one that we talked about. Bobby Witt and Alec Manoa. Mm hmm. Very interesting. All right. Take a quick time out here. Say hello to our uh, our sponsors uh, with this luscious commercial break. Adam and I will be right back. All right, welcome back in. Good to always get a chance to talk. So, Adam, what we were talking about before, I want to bring it back to um, what I had asked you about. You know, the rookies and the shiny new toys. I'm more intrigued right now about second-year players, right? You know, you've got some who, you know, some who performed admirably during their rookie campaign. There were some who disappointed during their rookie campaign. So in looking at, like, second-year guys, you know, some settle in. Some deal with the sophomore slump. Some use it as a as a build off of, you know, what might have been a, a disappointing rookie campaign. Um, again, case by case basis. But I mean, just to just to name a, a, a mess of them uh, who kind of interest me, you know, especially guys that, you know, we talked to Alec Manoa, you and I like him. Um, he, he's a second year player. But I'm talking like, you know, guys like Andrew Vaughn, who didn't perform well for the White Sox or Dylan Carlson, who didn't perform as we had, you know, you know, as, as what I think he could be capable of um, in, in, in that area there. And Jonathan India, who won the rookie of the year last year. And, and what are we, uh, you know, where are we at with him? Do you give sophomore slump consideration here? Do you think about that at all? Um, or is it again, you know, just, uh, you know, you're not worried about what the guy did in his rookie season. It's what you believe in the player. Yeah, I really don't worry about that stuff too much. I mean, it can happen, no doubt. You know, sometimes players don't make adjustments. The opponent does. But I try not to worry about it too much unless there's something that in their first season was like an outlier and it's causing them to move up too high. You, I haven't really seen that with many of these guys. I mean, India obviously is a guy that's going pretty early. I had him last year in a couple of leagues. I mean, I got him at a nice prices in draft champions last year. Uh, he was so cheap because no one expected that to happen. Uh, so I haven't taken him yet. Not because I don't like him. It's just 
it just hasn't worked out. But, you know, that's a guy that maybe average comes down a little bit, you know. Uh, but I think he's a good player. So I think the foundation is solid with him. So I'm not avoiding him. It's just that he just hasn't come across my builds yet. Because um, he got kind of goals. Well, I think in mine he went early. Um, yeah, someone took him. I remember him going. I was kind of surprised at how early he went. Uh, damn, where the hell is he? It was like sixth, seventh round. Let me see. Oh, yeah, fifth round, man. So that was early. Like, I took Jorge Blanco, and then Jonathan India went. I mean, again, I like him, um, but, like, it just gone a little bit early for me. Yeah. Well, I hear you. That's what, you know, again, it's one of the things about, you know, where it happens in the build for you and what you're looking at. Like I'm sitting here and I'm like looking through all mine, you know, picks coming back at me, you know, looking at the draft board, the guys behind me need the pitching. No, they don't. They need position players more. Okay. Well, where am I going to go there? And then a matter of, you know, Position. I definitely don't want to do go catcher. I'll tell you that. That's for damn sure. I don't know, man. I don't know. What do you think of? Let's talk some more second year players here. Then uh, uh, guys who uh, you know hyped up last year. How about Cabrian Hayes? Got the injury uh, last year, which took him out of action. But very people were very high on him last season. And uh, you know, what do you think of him on a, on a bounce back? Uh, he could. I mean, he had. He, he can give you some speed. I don't know if you're going to get big time power from him. I do think that lineup is not awful. Um, I haven't drafted him yet. I mean, I guess his appeal also is third base because uh, mm-hmm. that's a thin position. But uh, I have not drafted him yet, and he's not someone that I have really targeted. Okay. All right. No targeting on him. Or, let me throw. I'll throw a couple of names out there. You tell me if you're uh, if you're if if you're you're on them or not. And these are just again. These are second year players um, who we're looking at. You know what? Let's just go right to him. I know you liked him last year. He was great for you, Trevor Rogers. Yeah, I do like him. No doubt about it. Uh, I have not been able to get him yet, but definitely like him. Ian Anderson. Um. Yeah, his price is fine. I haven't gotten him yet, but yeah, I like him for the price. Okay. Uh, Jazz Chisholm. Eileen, no. I thought about taking him in TGFBI and I passed. I mean, from June 1st on, he hit like 232. So I think the average is going to hurt you. The counting stats won't be great. I mean, he could be 2020, but especially for where he goes. Um, so again, I. I, I had the uh, ability to take him, and I passed on him. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say, uh, no, I'm going to pass on him. Okay. What about a couple of first base outfielders in Alex Kirilov from Minnesota, uh, Andrew Vaughn over at uh, Chicago? Yeah, Kirilov had the injury. Definitely like him. And I think in some formats, he's first base outfield eligibility. So I do like him. Vaughn, uh, he's very cheap. I did get him in one D.C., uh, draft champions league so far, um, pretty late. So yeah, I think he can, I mean, we saw 15 homers in 127 games. So, uh, I think he could be a, a better than that. So yeah, especially how cheap he is. So I'll, I'll take a shot on him. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like it. 
<clears throat> Where are you at with Wander Franco? Actually, that's I think that's kind of an interesting one. Um, you know, his ADP I feel like is pushing him into like the uh, like the fourth round, fifth round, probably more like the fourth round. There, um, are you in on Wander Franco for that price? Uh, I've been out on him so far. Uh, he, we, we could look back and be like, wow, what a steal that was. The power developed. He took advantage of the speed and, and ran, but I have some concerns. Uh, obviously great contact hitter. I mean, coming up and only striking out 12% of the time for such a young player is amazing. So you're going to get good batting average. I just, I, I don't know if the power is going to come this year or the year after. I think it will, but I mean, it's hard to project them right now for, you know, I, I mean, he could give you 20 homers and 10 steals. That's not what you want where you're taking him. Like you're looking for a huge ceiling. So I've been passing on him. And, uh, you know, in a keeper league, obviously, I was trying to make a trade for him to a team that didn't have great keepers. I don't think he's checked his team because he hasn't responded. So, <laughs> um, like, there's a lot of active owners in that league. Even the I brought in a couple new guys. They came in and already made, like, four or five trades. I'm like, shit, man, you guys are insane. Oh, dude, um, people are nuts sometimes. When they take over, like, that orphan team, no, they it's, just go it's, forget nuts it. It. it's insane. So, like, I'm bombarded with trade offers every day, and I haven't been able to make one deal yet. But I just don't put – a lot of time in those trades. Uh, you know, I trade more during the season when I'm making that push uh, and the teams are out of it and I'll give them. So yeah, I, I, I had to trade Wander Franco. I don't know if it was, was it last year or two years ago? Cause we I think do, like, you said it was draft. last year. Right? Yeah. It was Cause a, I was making a push to win. Um, mm -hmm. I did it. I didn't win either. I mean, I finished in the money, but I didn't win, but I'll always do that. But I mean, look, there's a lot of ability there for Franco and I would not be surprised. I mean, if we see a big power spike and he runs, sure. But I am hesitant to take him for where he's going right now. As am I. As am I. One more for you here. What about Ty France? Yeah, I liked him last year. I had him. I mean, to me, it comes down to what do I need in the draft? But, yeah, I'm fine with Ty France. Uh, I think, yeah, I know in the NFBC he has first and second base eligibility. That's nice. Um, you know, good average. I mean. So it's hard to find average that late. Um, he had 291 last year. You know, you probably project him 275, 280, which is good. Not elite power. So, again, nothing sexy about him. Like, nothing really stands out. But, you know, a solid piece um, late in a draft. Again, not a guy that I'm like, oh, i got to have Ty France. But, right. <laughs> you know, 20 homers, decent counting stats, solid average. He's not going to run. So, again, nothing great, but – Maybe you need a second base, a middle infielder, and you, you need good average and power. He fits the bill. Well, that was the thing. We were talking to, about second baseman today and the depth at the position. And, you know, when Jim and I went through our top 10, uh, you know, on the show. And uh, but then, you know, you started like diving into the depth at the second base position. And I was like, man, you know what? You know, I, you know, you, you look how late guys like Colton Wong. Or even like a guy like uh, like Josh Rojas, like these guys are going and they have that, you know, I mean, Colton Wong's going to get you a little bit of pop and he's going to steal you some bases. And that lineup in Milwaukee, you know, is uh, is is, you know, can be really good. You put a healthy Christian Yelich in there. That lineup gets a little intriguing to the point where I'm like, you know, you know, I don't feel so bad about missing the boat on uh, on, on a lot of the second base. 
and I missed the boat on all the second basemen in, um, you know, in TGFBI. Like it's hysterical. Like I mean, I, the the last second baseman who came off uh, in the uh, in the seventh was Tommy Edmond. And there's like nothing left at the position. There's there's still a ton left at the position. I just have no reason to rush for it now. Yeah, I I feel obviously filled it early in this one in TGFBI. Um, yeah, because I have two guys who are eligible at second with Jorge Polanco and Kettle Marte. Yeah, 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 dude. Listen, I like that a lot, man. I like the way you uh, I like the way you built that squad. I mean, obviously, we've got some overlap there as well. Um. But I mean, yeah, like, I mean, it, it just so happened that the way everything fell in this draft, uh, you know, like middle infield sort of got kind of pushed away, you know, and it was like, all right, I mean, I've got, you know, good, strong outfield and good, strong, you know, I got to make sure first base. But I mean, that's just the kind of the way it all it all dropped to me in this draft. So, you know, but again, I look at the position, I'm like, ah, I'm not really that worried. It's not really going to upset me that much. I do need steals and I still need starting pitch. I have no closer either. People, like you said yesterday, bonkers over closer. You were right, by the way. I took Alec Manoa and the next pick, uh, Jordan Romano, came off the board. Yeah. I mean, these guys are going early, man. Yeah. Gallegos went off the board also. It's like, I really, I just, I mean, to me, it's just too early. I mean, the eighth, we're already into like the, the you know, the, suspect tier of closers and it's only the eighth round like Gallegos Gallegos not guaranteed the job no I was just gonna say that exactly he is not a lock to close I mean they've made comments not committing to him I mean he's good but they might use him in high leverage situations he is not a lock to close and people are taking him as if he is yeah yeah Uh, you know and again I think we talked about this yesterday with Jordan Romano yeah he's gonna be taken right he got taken early um but again we saw you know, Toronto move him in and out of the role. I think he has the skill set to do it. What I worry is that this is a team that I think that wants to win. I could see them signing Kelly Jansen, trading for Craig Kimbrell. That's the issue. I like that. I like that. See, again, I would feel like I dodged a bullet. That shit happens, man. I'd be like, there you go. There you go. And I think that's kind of how I'm handling a little bit with the closer position here. Like, you know, I took uh, I took a manual class A in the Raz Slam, you know, and, and I and I took Edwin Diaz. But that's just that's draft and hold. Like, I can't you know, there are two waiver periods in in that. And so, you know, I, I went with the, the higher end closer there, but I didn't I didn't love the full build with, you know, taking the closers there at that point. But I thought that that was necessary more in a league that doesn't have fab. And uh, and perfectly fine to uh, to kind of maneuver and play the waiver wire and go deep into the draft here. Yeah, I mean, take a, a guy. Yeah, it's different in those draft and holds. You have to be a little bit more aggressive, and because you can't go to the waiver wire. And if you speculate on relievers late and none of them get saves, then you're you're in trouble. So it's a little different in those. Uh, draft and holds or leagues with no waiver wires you you do have to make and it's even difficult for me at that point like i did it last year with liam Hendricks, and that worked out but even this year i still have not been able to reach into that upper echelon tier because hater and Hendricks are going in the second third round yeah which is just too rich for my blood it's too rich for me i can't do it 
<clears throat> I can't do it. This is what is this? The late nineties? No. Remember the late nineties when you could get like Jeff Shaw with like forty-eight saves? Yeah. I mean, that's the problem is the amount of saves are going down because they're being spread out. You have a lot of teams like Tampa spreading it out. Um, so that's the problem. So that's why you're seeing those upper echelon guys go because people say, well, they have the job. They're not going to lose it unless they get hurt. So I'm going to pay for that in a league where I can't make waiver wire moves. I get it, but it's I just it's too much for me. I, I, I'll figure out a different way and I might get burned by it. It, it happens. Yeah, it does happen. Um, I just I just don't think that we're going to get burned by it. <laughs> I really don't, you know. And I mean, listen, I think that, you know, even you know, you 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 take guys. Managers don't always go with their their you know their best guy. Like, I, you know what I like I like about Edwin Diaz with the Mets, because you know here's a guy who's lost his job before and gotten it back and lost it and gotten it back. Like we've seen that with Edwin Diaz. Buck Showalter just goes with his guy. He likes having a ninth inning guy. And I think that's also a, a major key. You get a lot of these managers who love just playing the matchup game. They'll, they'll you know, utilize the reliever in and out of that ninth inning uh, because it's just it's a matter of the situation. It's not that it's his job. So, you know, it's a, it's a much different game than when we were playing in the 90s, Adam. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Wins much more difficult to come by. Oh yeah. Oh, that's ridiculous. That's insane. Um, all right. Well, so there you go. A little bit more fantasy baseball chatter. Adam, what do you have coming up content-wise uh over the course of the week? You got uh picks-wise uh props coming out here. Um, they came out today. So oh, all right. Yeah, the next one will be Friday. Next one will be Friday. All right, what 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 props are we sweating tonight? What are we looking? Give me something to sweat. James Harden over 34 and a half points and assists. Right now he's got 19 points, three assists at halftime against the Knicks. Um, I have Tyrese Halliburton. I think it was over 16 and a half points. And um he is shitting the bed with nine. Eh, well, nine with <laughs> Nine with 154 left in the third quarter. They're down 14, so I need them to get back in the game. I mean, he's gone over this in six out of seven games since he's been acquired by Indiana in the same matchup that he had the other day where he scored over 20. Um, and then the other one is De'Aaron Fox over 30 points plus assist. Uh, right now he's got 12 points, no assist midway through the second quarter. Okay. All right. Um, I uh, I threw down a couple of prize picks today uh, in the NBA. One is hit already. The other one uh, make me feel better, you know, here about this. Uh, so I, I had Jared Allen uh, over 15 and a half points. Yeah, I I talked about that in alarm after hours and I didn't write it up and I didn't play it. I did play as a rebound prop. Um, I but because I said uh, he faced Charlotte twice this year. The last game, he had 29 points and 22 rebounds against them. They're terrible against centers, but they're down right now for no, uh, 20, 18 points. So I need that to get closer to get him back because um, I played with his rebounds. Uh, but yeah, he's at 16 points, eight rebounds right now. So it hits me on the over there for his points. The other one is so I paired it up. Obviously, prize picks. 
You got the, uh, the at least two plays there. You parlay it. Uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander tonight uh, going up against Denver. Uh, 25 and a half points. I took the over. Yeah, he has just been crushing it lately. Uh, Josh Giddy is out, so his usage rate has gone up. His last three games, 37, 36, 32. Um, the game against Indiana, I think he got hurt. But the game before that, 31. Uh, Denver does struggle against guards. The one thing you got to just watch here is the, the blowout factor. Uh, Denver is favored by 14 and a half, but um, he's just taking so many shots and has such a high usage rate that, yeah, it's it's a solid play. I mean, he's just been... He's been unbelievable lately. Yeah, I'm always. I got to tell you, man. I'm. I actually. I'm. I'm always a little nervous. Um, you know, when a guy's like riding such a such a hot streak there, because uh, it always kind of finds a way to to screw me. Uh, I, the other day on uh, on Prize Picks, you know, the uh, they had the uh, the the gimme. The uh, they dropped Trey Young's. Uh, what is it? His um his assists from oh, like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he didn't right, get it. Down, down to seven and a half, and he fucking only had six yeah, on the man. day, right? Those so always feel like a trap, man. Whenever I see that, because I get that all the time. DK Boos, like tonight, it was James Harden have a triple double plus four seventy five, and he only has three assists at halftime. Yeah, so which pissed me off because I went Cade Cunningham uh, over on assists, uh, and that hit, and I went Terrence Mann over on uh, on rebounds. And that hit. And of course, it's the one gimme that they're like, ah, oh, it's our, you know, whatever, our Taco Tuesday special, uh, Trey Young. This is the second time now where Trey Young's been on a hot streak. He's, you know, he's a fantastic play. Uh, and then he's like, all of a sudden, he shits the bed when I play him. Well, he, so. he did hurt his ankle. He did finish the game, boo, 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 but uh, he did injure his ankle. And now he's listed as questionable for Thursday. Good. Screw him. Fuck him. I don't no, care. No, man. I need him for my fucking playoffs, man. Well, he screwed me, dude. So well, I don't want I, I don't care. I mean, I, I had I played some college prize picks also uh, from our good friend Pete Cole over at uh, DFS Alarm um, to help soften the blow. But. Anywho, see prize picks, man, that's where I'm, I'm like becoming a, a, a prop contest uh, junkie here. And I'm doing it with the fucking NBA, which is even the crazier part. Uh, give me, give me a, you know, so uh, do you feel okay about me with Shea Gilgis Alexander? You tell me to wait about, you know, worry about the blowout aspect of it. Um, what, what, on a scale of one to 10, how worried are you that he's not going to hit this prop? Um, three or four. I think he should get there. I thought oh, about okay. playing it and I backed off, but I mean, he's just, I'm trying to yeah, Denver has been struggling against uh, guards too to stop them. So um yeah, I mean I the last time I wrote him up, he burned me, but again, <laughs> gotta forget. I mean, but look at I mean, he has gone over that number in six of his last seven games. And the one game he didn't, he played 17 minutes because he got hurt. So he's been crushing it. Uh last uh last time he faced Denver, oh boy. Um, eight points, shot two of 14. Eight points, shot two of 14. Yeah, I, yeah but I, then I, the other game against Denver. He had, I don't want to hear other, that. The other, the other game against Denver, though, he had 27 points, 12 assists, 11 rebounds. So, and yeah, they damn, they've had two low-scoring games. I was looking at that under tonight, 108-94, and the other one was 99-95 because Denver plays at a very slow pace. but. The Thunder have just been atrocious defensively. They're a team that's kind of 
tanking at this point. They've given up uh, 131, 125, 124 over the last three games. So, You're not really inspiring me with a whole lot of confidence, but I feel I feel like I'll be okay. I feel like I'll be okay. Um, all right. Well, good stuff as always. Uh, enjoy your sweat tonight, Adam. I hope you uh, I hope you make tons of money. I will enjoy my sweat tonight. My wife's gonna be like, "What the fuck do you care about the Thunder versus the Nuggets right now?" And yeah, I get to I get to have that discussion. That's always a fun one. <laughs> Why do you keep flipping back to that? Because I don't feel like staring at my phone the entire night. So let me flip back and forth to the game for crying out loud. Anywho, that's going to do it for us here tonight. On Andy Up, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, pour my marriage woes out on you guys here tonight. Um, we'll save that for, uh, for tomorrow. How about that? My marriage woes on tomorrow's show, Adam. Sure. Sounds like a plan. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Just make you uh, appreciate being single, huh? Exactly. <laughs> That's what happens, man. All married people, they're like, oh, yeah, you should totally get married. You should totally get married. Nah, man. They're just because misery loves company. Don't do it. No, most I, married people tell me not to get married. Oh, really? But, oh, you but should then there's me. then there's a few that are like, oh, no, it's good. You got to work in it, but it's good. <laughs> you got to work in it. That's the worst part, man. I don't want to have to work. Right. It's it's supposed to be something fun. You do enough work during the day at your job with your family and shit. Now you got to work at that, too. Come on. Make my fucking life easier. That's what I want. Don't complicate it. I tell you, one of the things that I absolutely love about my wife and, you know, this is, you know, when we first started dating, it was it kind of unnerved me a little bit, but. You know, as I as I grew older to appreciate the uh, just the comfortable silence, like yeah, to not have to be talking constantly. Like we could sit there during dinner. How was your day? Sounds great. Tell me a story while I eat my food. I'll tell you a story while you eat your food. But then when we're just like, you know, just chilling for the night, we're just chilling for the night. Yeah, that's good. Probably, probably talk more to the dogs and the cats than we do to each other. And we're we're like sitting, we're like cuddled up on the couch ourselves, right? Like surrounded by all the animals and shit. Don't have to say a fucking word. Oh, I love that so much. So I'm gonna go and I'm gonna ignore my wife, and um, you uh, you do whatever you got to do. Enjoy your show with Fenstie tonight. I'll try. All right. That's all we can ask. That's all we can ask. Uh, that is going to do it for us here on Anti Up. As always, thank you so much for liking and subscribing for Adam Ronis. I'm Howard Bender, and we'll catch you next time.